Hello, everyone, and welcome to Tap to Craft, an informational podcast where we talk about craft beer. We talk about it in terms the average beer drinker can understand. And my name is Denny Luce, and joining me tonight is my partner in craft and drinking buddy, John Ream. John, how are you doing tonight? Fighting off some allergies. Uh, the late spring pollen is uh, doing a number on me, but I think the beer is helping. Okay. So. that's You know what? Yeah, beer can definitely help with allergies. I have to admit that this year has also been plaguing me with allergies, and it's a it's a big surprise because I typically don't uh, have allergies, uh, you know, with when the change of season comes. But I think this really mild winter we had, uh, it, it kind of you know snuck in some some really nasty pollen and stuff that's kind of affecting everyone. It seems like to be like one of the highest pollen counts. Uh, I don't know, in ever maybe forever. So yeah, I, I feel I, you. I blame New Jersey. I've been bad ever since I went there. Oh <laughs> yeah, you know what? You probably got you probably cross pollinated when you you know right. you, you sucked in some some Washington pollen and went over to New Jersey and sucked in some smog or whatever some <laughs> some coal some coal smog or whatever they got going over there and then it kind of really messed up your system. So I can understand that. All right. Well, besides that, you're doing okay, though, right? You, the, the the beer's flowing well for you. Yeah, the beer is flowing. Okay, excellent. I, I later on in the show, I'll ask you about this last weekend and see if you had anything special going on. But before we get in to the meat of the show, let's just go ahead and explain to anyone new listening to Tap the Craft what we're all about. And the goal of Tap the Craft is to focus on bringing more people into the craft beer hobby. John and I, we are craft beer enthusiasts. And what does that mean? It means we love to drink, we love to learn about, and of course, while we're doing this podcast, we love to talk about craft beer. And just so you guys know, I said enthusiasts and not experts. We... Uh, you know, we know a lot about craft beer, but uh, don't get us wrong, we're, or don't get me wrong, we're not always 100% correct, so don't hold us accountable for everything we say, just 99%, because the 1% we're going to get wrong every so often. So, uh, enthusiasts, we just, we're here for fun, we're not here to, uh, to beat anyone up over the facts, but although our stuff is factual. Uh, we are here to help you learn about the craft beer hobby in easy to understand terms and also to help you do that we put together some pretty you know complete show notes that we attach right into the mp3 file and also you can find it on our posting page at openforumradio.com where each show has its own post and you can read about the beers we drank and link to the articles that we discuss and get some more information that you hear on the show so it's just another resource for you guys to use. We also encourage our listeners to be a part of our show. We want you to write into the show. We want to know your experiences and we want you to ask questions. Ask those questions that as John and I are talking and we are trying to explain what's going on, we may forget to go into a little more details on a certain thing we say. If you guys have questions, hey, hit us up with your questions so that we can answer them on the air and and give you guys a full, complete scope of the of the topic. So don't hesitate. Just write in and be a part of the show. Also, every, well, once a month, we do a listener participation tasting note segment. And what is that? That is where we, we give you guys plenty of heads up 
to allow you guys to go buy a beer that we're going to be tasting on the show so you can drink along with us. And this just helps you get reinforced with the beer tasting experience so that when you go and try new beers, you might be able to pull out some of the nuances of beer tasting for yourself and and be able to explain what you like and dislike about a beer. And it just so happens that in this episode, it's just it's one of those episodes that we are going to be drinking a beer. We'll be doing a tasting. And we're doing our tasting with the Triple Carmelite. Uh, and I'm not going to say the uh, the brewer. It's a Belgian brewer. It's actually a beer from Belgium. And it's uh, it's our first Belgian beer tasting notes segment that, that we've done since we started this show. So it should be exciting t- for you guys to hear about all these different flavors that you're going to be experiencing with this beer. And I hope that everyone, or at least a few of you, were able to go out and find this beer and uh, you know crack it open with us when we get ready to do that segment later in the, in the show. If you enjoy the show and what John and I do, uh, we would love to hear about it in an iTunes review. iTunes reviews help the show get noticed to more people. The more iTunes review and the, the more people uh, can see it on the iTunes program, and it might get it, you know, get our show out to more people. So we just encourage everyone to go ahead and, and leave us an iTunes review. And if you do that, right now we're doing a contest. The first 20 people that leave us an iTunes review will be automatically put in to a contest, a chance to win one of two the Schutz Brewery uh, gift bags, little gift bag that has a sh- uh, little tasting glass, some coasters, some stickers, a nice bottle opener, a custom bottle opener, uh, in a nice little gift wrapped bag. We have two of those to give to two lucky winners, two of the 20. That's one in 10 chance to win. So please uh, take just a few minutes and leave us a little iTunes review and you might have a chance to get something from us besides our lovely voices. And just to let you guys know, this is episode 23, and we are recording this show on Monday, June 8th, 2015. And just to get, let you guys know, in this episode, we're going to be discussing in our Brew Buzz segment, part one of our Belgian beer styles topic. Uh, should be exciting. Since we're doing a Belgian beer for our tasting, we might as well talk about what the style is all about. And it's one of John and my favorite styles. You know, style. So we should be pretty good at talking about it. And again, as we already mentioned, we'll be doing the triple Carmelite beer tasting later in the show. Well, John, uh, we just got done talking a little bit, and I know my voice, as you probably can hear, is getting a little dry. So I need to start sucking down some beer. But before I start sucking down some beer, what are you? Are you drinking anything tonight? Or you got some some good beer to drink? Yeah, so I'm keeping a little light tonight with the with the tasting uh, later on. So I'm doing just a Red Hook ESB, which we tasted a couple episodes ago. Okay. Um, yeah, nice, right. malty, not too bitter, just easy to drink. Yeah, so. yeah. It, and we kind of discussed that uh, this, you know, this could be considered maybe a nice uh, summer drink. You know, refreshing and and uh, not too heavy and. And is it is it warm in Washington right now where you're at? Yes. Okay. Yes, the house is very hot. <laughs> okay. Okay. It's uh so, yeah, we we hit uh, I think today we were up at like 97. Oh, we're not that hot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And right now, even now at 9:30 in Boise right now, it's 90 degrees right now. Uh it didn't it hasn't cooled off. Oh, excuse me too much. I guess I drank that glass that 
little sip of beer too fast. I'm bubbling back up, but uh, but yeah, I'm also drinking a beer that is a nice, refreshing drink during a hot summer day. And I I've drank this one before on the show. It's the Full Sail Brewing Session Cream L. Uh, and man, I keep buying more and more of this beer. I I just think it's uh it's just a tasty beer for a f- pretty inexpensive price. Uh, it's not too heavy in alcohol, you know, five point four percent. But uh, I, I'm really enjoying it. It's 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 kind of my everyday drinker right now. I'm just been sucking it down. So yeah, still hasn't shown up in my area. Oh still my goodness! <laughs> I'm already on my third week of drinking this thing. I keep buying twelve packs every time I go to the store. <laughs> All right. Next time, I want you to buy a twelve pack and just drive it straight to my drive house. It, okay, okay, I, I might be able to do that for you. I might be able All to right, do that for excellent. you. Excellent. All right. Well, John, uh, besides what you're drinking right now, this last between now and the last episode, has there been any new or noteworthy beers that you've tried that you want to share with our listeners and me? So I think I've I've really disappointed. You know, the last couple episodes, you know, I've been in a bit of a craft beer lull, just kind of having some everyday drinkers and and also drinking a lot of my homebrew. Mm-hmm. Um, but this time, I actually have stuff to share, so everybody's excited right now. All right, and it's it's not all Fremont, right? There may be some Fremont involved. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, actually, yesterday, um, my friends Pete and Amanda, who I've mentioned on the show before. Uh, came out to the house and we had a little impromptu uh, bottle share. They brought a bunch of beers and I pulled a bunch of stuff out of the fridge and we had a nice afternoon of uh, beer drinking. Wow. So I'm just going to highlight a few of those. Um, the first, which is just uh, really fun, um, it's called Not Your Father's Root Beer. Uh, it's by a small town brewery uh, out in Illinois. And this stuff tastes exactly like root beer and is 6% alcohol. Mm. Um, it's really good. They have a 12% version, I think, as well. Oh, my um, gosh. <laughs> so, uh, But um, Amanda is a big fan of this and brought some out the last time she was in Chicago. And then they, just within the last week, started distributing to Seattle. Oh, So she went and bought a whole bunch of it and brought some down. Um so how, how was uh, it? Oh, uh, it's 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 good. You know, I I enjoyed it, and, I, and I'm a root beer fan. I like root beer. Um, not everybody is. Mm-hmm. Um, my wife can't stand it. <laughs> um, she didn't. She didn't want any of this one <laughs> when, okay. when we had the bottle. She didn't even try it at all. She, not not one sip. No, she's disgusted by root beer. Oh so. my gosh! Wow. Yeah. I think it has to do with bad memories of her brother burping in her face. So, oh, that you know, would do it. Yeah, sibling love. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so uh, now that brings us to our Fremont segment of the show. Oh. Um, <laughs> so, uh, I mentioned in the last episode the Homefront IPA uh, that Fremont has done for a few years and has now spread to a whole bunch of breweries uh, to support uh, veterans, and uh, they brought some down. And I got to try it. It was really good, nice and citrusy, a lot of orange. Um, so I really enjoyed it. If if I can still find it, I'm going to go pick up some more. Uh, Excellent. Yeah. Get my hands on it. Yeah, I saw, um, but, I saw you check into that. So I was glad that you were able to get, get some cans of that. Yeah, and if, if you're following me, take a look at the picture because the can is really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got a great design. And um, I guess in the 
in the brewery when, when they were selling them, they had all the cans like rotated just right to make like a panorama of the can design, like across the three cans. Oh, um, sweet. So that was pretty cool. Um, so then the last two I'm going to talk about are a couple of sours mm-hmm. that, that I had. Um, first is uh, Here Goes Nothing uh, by Distill Brewing. Uh, this is a, a goose that, or goes, however you want to pronounce it. Everybody pronounces it differently. Um, but it had really strong uh, citrus, like lemon and lime. Um, it, I got a lot of lime out of it. Mm-hmm. And I really enjoyed it. I also had a Flanders Red from them that that was pretty good. Um, but this was my favorite of the two. Uh, and then the other sour was an, an almanac, which mm-hmm. I think you talked about a few episodes back. Yeah. Um, I had uh, the Dog Patch Sour, which is a sour aged on uh, cherries. Yeah. Uh, which was really nice, and um, my mom actually liked that one, and and she did, she hates sour beers as well. So oh, wow. we were we were trying to break her in, and that was the one she liked out of the three that we had. So okay, wow, yeah, overall a very pleasant bottle share, and, and kind of broke me out of my funk. So I'm ready, I'm reporting and ready to go for some more beer now. Excellent, uh, yeah, I was so envious when I saw you checking in to distill because I've heard that they have some some pretty good sours and I was like gosh why why can't I get them here in my area because I just and Sarah's dying for my wife is dying for some good sours too and we just uh just I'm hoping that that, that that's paving the way for them to just go ahead and stop here in in Idaho on the way to to Washington so that I can get some of those good beers too now that goes did it have a little bit of a saltiness to it or was it you know, or was it just um, sour? I I didn't pick up uh, any like anything that was you know at least detectable saltiness. Okay, um, but I I found it just really refreshing, which was nice because it was a hot day. Yeah, but yeah, D- Distill's been here for months now, um, and if I had known you were coveting it, I could have included it in your care package. So <laughs> you know, maybe maybe next time. It's okay. I, I've been, you know, I had been waiting for Almanac to come to my area, and now it's here. And I've been buying every single beer that they bring, and so Distill will be here shortly too, I'm sure. So I'm, I'm pretty excited. Um, I have not had that Dog Patch Sour. Uh, I'm always a little weary when I hear about cherries because the cherry thing can be a hit or miss. But it's, since I heard that your mom actually liked it, she doesn't like sours, and now I'm kind of excited to go ahead and find that one. Um, yeah, I, I would definitely recommend that one. Okay. It was really good. Okay. I, I have a new almanac that I just picked up on Sunday. The latest one that came to the Boise area is the the the, the reserve one like, like this, the, the almanac reserve, farmer's reserve, whatever they call that. But this is the one done with plout. I don't even know what plout is. Is that some – I'm assuming it's some kind of a fruit. Do you know what a P-L-O-U-T is, a plout? No. Okay. Okay. So I'm very curious to taste this beer. I'm hoping oh, to taste a, it. A pluot. Oh, is it a pluot? <laughs> yeah. Oh, a pluot or plout, whatever. I I guess I. I think it's kind of like a plum, but I'm not okay. sure. Okay, so maybe it's like a, a mix between a plum and an apricot. <laughs> a yeah, I think it's kind of in that family. <laughs> All that, right. You know that sounds sounds right. 
Okay. I just, I was just, I, again, this is one of the one percent of inaccuracies in our podcast. So uh, don't, you know, don't take it to the bank. Uh, I'm just joking around, but I've never heard. Like one percent. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I've, <laughs> I've never heard of that type of fruit. So it's going to be interesting to taste uh, a beer with something in it that I've never even heard of. So I'm excited to ho- hopefully open that one this week and drink that with my lovely wife who adores sours herself. But uh, I, I've also had a couple, not, not a lot of beers I really want to mention. I've had a lot of different beers, but I've been, had a lot of uh, real bummer beers too. So it's kind of sad. But uh, I, I have had a couple that really surprised me. Well, one that surprised me and one that didn't surprise me because I loved it when I had it a year ago. But uh, the first one I'm going to talk about is not uh, it's something that's just got released by Victory Brewing. And Victory Brewing did a tasting, or a, they did a little uh, tap takeover at the Twisted Timber Pub, which is right down the street from my house. And we, my son and I went to go have a beer and just have some, some father-son time last Thursday. And uh, we didn't know that this was going on. So we showed up, and the representative was there for from uh, Victory Brewing out of Pennsylvania. And I love Victory Brewing. I Almost all their – I mean, I, maybe there's been one beer that I've had that I, I – didn't think was a really great beer, maybe two, but for the most part, they have fantastic beers. So I, I love their beers. Well, they, she came in and I said, yeah, I'm, I love victory. I've had everything except for that summer love. She says, Oh, the summer love is new. This is our summer ale. And she explained it like this. She said, it's a golden ale that is dry hopped. As we know from our brewing, you know, this is, you know, from our brewing segment that, you know, dry hop will give you that aroma and some extra, you know, flavor in there and uh she said it's like drinking uh a well what she explained it uh oh, now i can't think i obviously had one too many beers but she said it was like it's it's great refreshing summer drink that has a nice flavor but a, a you know not an overbearing alcohol level i think it's like a five and a half percent beer but man this beer uh i had a pint of it i just fell in love with it it's like it's like the it's a it's a it has a nice golden the, the golden ale maltiness in the front with the uh with the the hop the fresh hop or the not fresh hop but the dry hopped uh hop uh flavors in, in the in the finish and it just went down really nice uh i actually drank two pints of that because i enjoy it so much have you had the summer love from victory john no and yeah i had never heard of it either and so i just i was looking it up as you were telling your story and it, it almost seems like it's their kind of a variant of their pilsner with the dry hop with that Amer- those american hops and i like their pilsner so i'm think i'm definitely gonna need to seek this out yeah yeah i think you and you're right that's kind of what it, it's i it's kind of like a pilsner but it doesn't have the pilsnery it's it's kind of like that but not really it's actually way better i think <laughs> but i also like their pilsner they, they actually have a pilsner that's not too bad the the uh oh shoot the prima pills is that no is it prima pills is that yeah. the pills yeah yeah that's right yeah that that pills are not bad that's that's a pills i actually enjoy uh, but this beer is fantastic john go get some it's a great summer refreshing beer i'd love to hear your take on it uh in the next episode if you fi- happen to find it but i think that you'll really yeah. enjoy it it's, it goes down so smooth and it's, it's so tasty so that was one i want to give out to all of our listeners across the nation here because victory distributes 
pretty pretty broad areas. I think a lot of you guys will have a chance to try that one, so I recommend it. Uh, the second beer I'm going to talk about, just two beers, is from Russian River Brewing, which I visited last summer, almost a year ago now, and I and I tasted all their beers they had on tap. They had I don't know twenty some twenty eight beers or something. I don't know, some ridiculous number, and I really enjoyed their sours and. Uh, this bottle is uh, the Russian River Consecration, which is a – oh, my gosh. I just forgot the style. Is it a brown? I think it's a brown ale. Gosh, maybe John can look it up as I'm talking. But it's a, it's a, it's a sour ale that's, that's uh, aged in some barrels and, and whatever. It's really good, fresh. But I went ahead and grabbed a bottle of it, and I saved it for a year to age. And we popped it open, and my wife and I drank it. And this is, if I could give, uh, I mean, this beer is like a dream in a bottle. Uh, the, it's probably, <laughs> it is probably the best, one of the best sour beers I've ever had. It was good when I had it fresh. It was like this is one that aged perfectly, and it was so smooth and so many flavors jumped out of this beer, and it had that tartness that wasn't overbearing. It was kind of it kind of mellowed out a little bit in age, but was just it was there and it was just, in, I mean, incredible. Uh, and yeah, I just want to say that's a noteworthy beer that if you guys can get that. Now I think this is one of the more expensive ones, like. It might have been like fifteen bucks for a ten ounce bottle or whatever, but it's worth it. Yeah, this is one that I missed getting my hands on before they pulled out of Washington. And oh my gosh! Oh, um, but yeah, they describe it as a, a dark ale aged in Cabernet Sauvignon barrels. Yeah, the wine barrels. Yeah, that's um, it. Yeah, um, fantastic. Uh, they, you know, if you can get it, it, they don't go far from California, so pretty much all of our California listeners. Hopefully you guys can you know can get a bottle of this. Uh, yeah. it, it's incredible. And if you can get two bottles, get two. Drink one fresh, save one for a year. Uh, it this is one that ages so well. I mean, it ages beautiful. Uh, and I just wish that it wasn't so good that I drank it so fast because I I could have enjoyed it longer if if it was you know if it wasn't so easy to drink. But that sucker went down quick, and it was like. Fifteen percent too, I think, or four. It was like some ridiculous amount of alcohol too. It goes down like water, <laughs> but with better flavor. Uh, one other one I'll mention that that didn't age well. Um, I also had a my last Russian River beer was the Redemption, which is a Blondale, and that one drink fresh. Uh, it it did not, at least the, the batch I got did not age well. It dropped out a lot of the flavors, dropped out, uh, and it. It, it just didn't carry with age very well. So I recommend, I definitely enjoyed it better fresh than uh, a year old. That's just some, uh, a little public service announcement from, from me. Okay, John, uh, now that we've got done talking about all of our good tasty beers, we do have a listener question. And, uh, this question comes from our buddy, Robert chew your beer on Twitter. Also, you can find him at, at TPS sponge. He asked this question, what's the difference between sessions and saisons? I know they both come out around the same time of year. And uh, wow, there's a, a pretty big difference on this, right, John? I mean, there's like nothing 
really uh, that there's only one thing that really compares as far as uh, makes them the same, and that's kind of the time of year they come around. Which we are, we agreed that they're they're offered all year round. So <laughs> so yeah, all, all year with kind of an emphasis on the summer, just due to the kind of light, refreshing kind of stat- characteristic they they come with. Um, but yeah, the the real difference here is uh. Session is more of a broad category of of beers that are just low alcohol, mm-hmm. whereas saison is more a specific uh, ca- uh, style of of beers. Yeah, uh, which we'll talk about more in a, in a little bit in our Belgian beer discussion. Um, yeah, session beer is pretty much anything. I think kind of the the generally accepted number is four and a half percent alcohol and, and less. Yeah. Um, some people stretch that to five, but I think that's uh, pushing it a little bit. Um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's pretty much the the differences. I mean, session you'll have IPAs, and I mean, anything under four and a half could technically yeah. qualify. Um, yeah. But I think session IPAs are the real big thing right now, which we talked about last episode. Yeah. Um, yeah. We actually got some comments on that. Uh, our buddy Jason Lacey uh, from the Flexipose podcast. He said, "Hey." There's a couple session IPAs I really enjoy, and of course I responded back saying, "Exactly, that's John and my point. There's a couple that are actually pretty good, but there's a lot that really aren't that good." But I thought that was a good little comment. But we're not saying that all of them are bad. We're just saying that it's kind of being saturated with the. It's, this is the newest thing that all every craft brewery now has to do some kind of a session IPA because it's the it's the the fad, and it's that, that fad can just kind of die die away uh i i actually as far as session beers as john mentioned it can be any style any style of beer that can bring the alcohol can still maintain the style um characteristics but can bring that alcohol level down to four and a half percent or less uh, and like john said they can kind of go sometimes they can go up to five but i say anything above five cannot should not have the session label on it because that's really stretching it um, because the session, a sessional beer is a beer that was de- developed back in England during the time where they put restrictions on the amount of beer uh, that they wanted people to drink, saying you can only drink three hours every 12 hours. You only drink during a three-hour period, and that was during kind of like the the shift change of the factories in England. So shift workers would come off of work, they'd go get a beer. Or they come on to work and they go get a beer where they want to drink as many beers as they could during that time without getting sloshed where they couldn't go either walk home to go home and sleep or go to work, right? Because they're drinking even before work. So they kind of limited this, made this session beer that, hey, this is something you can drink many during a session. And a session is that time of period, that period where they had the the bars open for the pub for access for those factory workers. So, So my take is, hey, keep it low. That's the session. Uh, if you can make a good style beer that falls within those guidelines of, of being under four and a half, hey, more power to you. You know, there's a lot of good good beers out there that you know that that can be made with a lower alcohol. Yeah, and, and you may find a saison that could hit that uh, session category, but most of them will be up up higher, probably more of six to seven percent alcohol. So. All right, now it's time for our Brew Buzz segment. And for all of our new listeners out there, the Brew Buzz segment is devoted to discussing various beer-related topics. 
And this week, our main focus is going to be on Belgian beer styles. And this is going to be a two-part session or topic. We're going to first focus this week on the typical Belgian ales that you'll come across uh, most commonly the, and, and, you know, a lot of my favorite ones, uh, personally. I don't know about John's favorite, but my favorites. And uh, the next episode, or maybe not the next episode, maybe the one after next, depending, and we'll go ahead and cover the rest of the Belgian beer uh, styles that uh, like some sour ales and some uh, Trappist and Abbey style ales. So uh, we'll, we'll break this into two sections because the Belgian beer styles is actually uh, quite large, quite a large selection of different styles of Belgian beers. All right. Now, Belgian beers are typically ales. Is that correct, John? I mean, we, we do have some wheat uh, stuff, but for the most part, Belgian beers are, are ales, right? Yeah, and those wheat bills, beers, bales, are, are ales <laughs> as well. <laughs> those wheat beer ales? Yeah. Yeah, those, those wheat bales. Yeah, They're... okay. Yeah, we can, <laughs> and we'll talk about that when we talk about the styles and how we can mix in wheat into our, into the style and still have an ale. Um, but these, uh, these Belgian style ales, they typically have a, a more of a heavy emphasis on the malts and especially the characteristics of the fruitiness and the spiciness or pepperiness coming from the yeast flavors. Those are the characteristics that really uh, stand out in a lot of Belgian ales that you, you know, when you, when you taste that, that clove like or peppery, uh, flavors that, in the in the in the beer that, that that signifies yeah i'm drinking a belgian ale and at first you may you may not actually like that flavor but as your palate becomes more mature you will soon really really start to enjoy it and that's that's my uh my story i used to drink those things and say well yuck man this is like nasty and now i just savor them and i just really enjoy them and i'm trying to get my wife who does that right now she just hates belgian ales and the more and more i give them to her the more she starts to kind of ease into it and she's starting to appreciate some of those flavors but it's taking a little longer than i was hoping on that so talking of beer belgian beer styles there's a few things that uh, are going to be common within the belgian beer styles a few few items so john since you're the brewing expert and since you have already uh, spoken to us in previous episodes about the characteristics of yeast. Do you want to talk about some of these yeast flavors and the phenolic uh, aspect of the of the flavors and aromas? Sure. Uh, so, yeah, you mentioned that the a lot of the phenolics will come across in clove or spice and kind of a pepper uh, character. And um, that's something that's really only seen in, in Belgian beers, mm-hmm. uh, the, the fruity some of the fruity esters that we'll get um, you'll get a little bit of that in some English ales as well um, and even like uh, German have a Weizen. Um but the that peppery spicy yeast character is really a uh, kind of the calling card um, for a lot of the Belgians um, now there there are some uh, phenolics that that are are undesired here um, you can get uh, some high alcohol um, mm-hmm. phenolics that are kind of solventy, like paint thinner. Um, th- that you'll recognize immediately and, and not want to drink it. Uh, but if, if you have a couple bottles uh, with that, that is something that can age out. 
Um, so try to set it down a little longer. If, if you got some others, don't just toss them right away. Um, and, and try it again in six months to a year, and, and you may be pleasantly surprised. Um, you, you can also get some medicinal, um, like cough syrup or a Band-Aid uh, mm-hmm. plastic type uh, character, and th- those you don't you don't want it either um, in your beer. Obviously, uh, nobody wants to just drink a glass of plastic. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, the fruity esters, um, you know, banana or, or citrus. Uh, I tend to get a lot a lot of citrus um, personally from mm-hmm. from Belgians. Yeah, um, and th- that kind of backs up the the phenolic uh, spicy kind of character. Um, but the, the yeast is, is really the, the main player here. Um, it's all the malt and the yeast, but just enough bitterness to kind of balance it out. Mm-hmm. Um, very rarely will you get any kind of, um, like hop character. That's the showcase. Yeah. Um, it, it'll be there maybe in a supporting role, but it, it's not gonna, you know, steal the show, um, a- anywhere. Uh, and then another thing that that's a more universal for for Belgians, a lot of bottle conditioning, mm-hmm. um, where the the beer is kind of refermented in the bottle, and that's where it gets its carbonation. And um, you know we we've talked uh, about this, especially in our beer pouring. You know, with these beers, you'll you'll see a fine layer of yeast at the bottom. You just want to pour it out, and, and you know maybe try not to you know. Uh, get it uh, too mixed up and uh, most of that yeast stay on the bottom of the bottle. Mm-hmm. Um, but with these, they, these beers can be very effervescent and very highly carbonated. Uh, and that's why you'll see a different bottle style on a lot of Belgians. Uh, it's a heavier glass that'll uh, hold up to that higher level of carbonation and not explode mm-hmm. um, when, the, when the yeast, you know, referments a beer and, and, uh, as that pressure from the CO2. Yeah. 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 You, um, yeah, that's the one thing that's nice is that some of these beers can, can, well, it's nice and, and not nice. Some of them can be over carbonated where it's, it, it almost takes, takes a, away from the, the flavor because you're, you got too much of that carbonation. But some, some of them are a little bit, you know, just, just a little bit more carbonated that gives you that, uh, more, like you said, champagne bubbly flavor makes it, kind of special you know which is nice too but um one one thing you mentioned about some of those uh, negative aspects that can come from the yeast i just uh, last week i went to a new brewery that opened up here in my local area and uh, they had on tap they had a saison and uh, one odd flavor that i honestly i had never tasted in a saison before it was obviously uh, i'm guessing a mistake but it was very metallic-y. Um, and, and maybe the metallic is what I was a, uh, kind of characterizing it as is what it kind of compared to. Um, but very off-tasting, though. The, probably the worst Saison I've ever had. And it just, I mean, it was just really kind of uh, nasty. Do you have any, I don't want to put you on the spot, John, but do you, you know what happened, what may have happened with this Belgian ale that, that they tried to brew that came out with this horrible flavoring? Uh, well, I know there are some hops that can give a metallic character. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, a lot of them do fall in kind of the noble hop uh, region, which is what these would 
use okay, okay. Uh, most likely. Uh, and I, I believe there are some yeasts that can give that out as well. Um, and, you know, a, a metallic character is not uh, always, you know, considered out of style or or, or anything. But it, I, I'm with you. I I think a little bit goes a long way. Yeah, and I think yeah. I, for me, it, it can very quickly become too much. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, it could be that they just had a yeast that kind of put that character out and, and some hops that did as well. And the combination of that just... Uh, made it too much yeah yeah it it definitely got worse the the warmer the beer got which is not typical i tend to think that the warmer a a belgian beer gets a lot of times the more flavor comes out in it so i enjoy drinking a little bit warmer than than colder for sure but this one it, it definitely had an off flavor and maybe i was thinking it was metallic but maybe it was really one of those uh medis- you know like a, a band-aid like type thing that was just kind of you know some kind of a w- other flavor that that was coming out that i just kind of i didn't grab on right away because i i didn't i drank it but uh i didn't enjoy it and i just wanted to get on the next beer as fast as possible <laughs> so uh so i didn't really spend too much time trying to analyze exactly what it is i just know that it was a bad beer and i wasn't the only one that, that thought it other people around me thought the same thing that, that it just wasn't very good. So um, I just think they had a, a bad batch. And if that's how they wanted to taste, then they have some serious uh, problems. Uh, I, I can't imagine anyone enjoying that beer. And I, I personally, if I owned that brewery, I would have pulled that beer off the, the tap and not served it. It was just, uh, it was that bad. So, all right. Well, enough talking about bad beer. Let's go into some good beers here. And in the Belgian L styles. There's a there's a number of different styles we're going to talk about now. The first one is going to be what we, uh, what you've probably heard is called the Belgian White. Also, it's a wit beer. So um, these are are cloudy pale ales, and they they typically will have a creamy texture. This texture uh, is due to the fact that there's uh, you know there's some wheat uh, put into this beer. So the wheat the, so it obviously has a wheaty flavor to it also, and uh, you know, you can actually have what I read that you can actually have up to forty percent uh, wheat in this in this beer, and it's. But uh, this one, uh, never mind. But the the flavors that come out in this, there's some. Uh, a lot of times, we'll have a coriander or a, and an orange peel flavors, or maybe an orange zest type of flavors too, which gives it a really refreshing, you know, kind of like a Hefeweizen uh, flavor in there. Uh, but of course, with the coriander, it's going to be. A little bit different. Now, um, I have had some some Hefeweizens that have a pretty large coriander flavor, but it's not. I don't think that's co- common for Hefs, uh, which are regular wheat beers. But these these have this. They have a low bitterness and uh, kind of a moderate sweetness to it. Uh, the average uh, alcohol ranges between four and a half to five and a half percent. In in typical, I don't have a huge. I've had a few of these style of beers, but not a lot. I have had a lot of wits, but not necessarily Belgian wits. So, or maybe they are Belgian. I just didn't realize it. And I, I was trying to come up with some some uh, examples, but I uh, I couldn't come up with any. But John came up with a couple that he said that hey, if you guys can find these, give them a try. These are going to be a good example of a Belgian white. So the first one he mentions is from Allagash Brewing. It's called Allagash White. Uh, the second one is from a brewery that we'll talk about a lot because they have a lot of good Belgian beers. This is from Amagang. 
Uh, and this is the Amagang Wit, or is it? It's W I T T E. Is that white or wit T? How do you say that? Wit. wit? I would wit? say wit. Okay. Yeah. And then, of course, uh, another famous Belgian brewery uh, from Belgium is Saint Bernardus, and it's their wit beer. And I think I have had the Saint Bernardus wit beer. Now that John puts that on there, I think I've had that when I was over overseas. Uh, again, not too bad. Uh, I, I do enjoy wit beers. And I've probably had a lot more than I think. I just don't necessarily associate them with the, a Belgian white. Do you have anything to say about the Belgian white, John? Well, I'll, I'll add one more to try. If, if you're really cheap and you can't find these. Oh, uh, not Blue, Blue Moon. Moon. Oh, no. Okay. How would you rate that Belgian white from Blue Moon? Uh, I haven't had it in a long time, so okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a pass right okay. now. Okay. <laughs> All right. So uh, another one we already mentioned from our great listener uh, Robert is the saison. Uh, saison is also known as a farmhouse L, and uh, which saison means season in in French, which is basically came about from. Uh, in the in the region of Belgium that was mostly a French-speaking uh, region, they used to brew this beer and store it for consumption during the summer months for all their farmhands. Their migrant farm workers would come in to the the area and they would you know they would go ahead and do farm work. And this was a nice, refreshing uh, beer that would give them a little energy to go out there and and work on that in the heat heat of the day on a farm. So that's kind of where the name comes from. But John, you want to go into some of the the aroma and, and flavor characters of, of a good saison? Yeah, and one of the things that uh, can make saison a little difficult, especially if you go try one and decide you don't like it, is that of the things I'm about to describe, the saison can focus on any or mm-hmm. all or a yeah. couple or you know, yeah, it, it's going to cover a huge range. As saison is. Uh, a very uh, large uh, pool of beers, mm-hmm. um, but uh, so you can range from some fruity flavors like bananas, lemons, oranges, can, more of that citrus uh, stuff that we described mm-hmm. uh, from the yeast, and and again you can get some of that clove, pepper, uh, f- those phenols. Um, hops can be anywhere from non-existent to you know a good supporting character with spicy uh kind of herbal grassy kind of hop mm-hmm. as well and you know some saisons will even have uh, a bit of a tartness to them uh not enough that you would taste it and, and really consider it a, a sour mm-hmm. uh like like a lambic or the flanders uh sours that we'll discuss in our our follow-on to this um but kind of that nice little tart just enough that it's refreshing. Um, I'm kind of just like a, almost like a, the tartness of a lemon lime soda, mm-hmm. um, kind of, kind of range. And, and similarly for color, these can be light to brown. I mean, they, they can range pretty, pretty far. Uh, and for, for alcohol, uh, range, it's going to be four and a half to eight and a half, but I, I think mostly you'll find more of a six to seven mm-hmm. is, is pretty common. Um, but this is something that even with that upper end in like eight plus, uh, it's not, you shouldn't be getting the alcohol. It's not going to be the focus. Yeah. Um, 
it, it should be uh, hidden and more refreshing. Um, and I think that's the key, you know, from from the history of this being being there for the the farm workers. I mean, it, it was something to to be refreshing after a long day of work. So yeah, <laughs> um, that, that's the goal here. So you don't want it to be real heavy or, or boozy. Um, and then you know some examples. Uh, even though I said saison can can reach this broad range of flavors and aromas, I think still today. If you ask people what a saison is, they'll say saison Dupont. Yeah, and I, that's just the beer that people point to for this style. So if you can get your hands on it, go try it. Mm-hmm. It's historically, I mean, what everybody will say, that's a saison. Um, a few more to to keep an eye out on saison uh, silly, mm-hmm. um, which I'm not familiar with that beer. I've, I've had I've had is it. That, yeah, it's pretty good. I, I have uh, I drink. A lot of the silly beers from silly, it's, it's like the name of the town or whatever it's from. I think. Okay, um, and then another entry from Almagang, uh, Almagang Hennepin, mm-hmm. and then uh, Boulevard has a couple of saison Brett and their Tank Seven Farmhouse Ale, which I think we've both uh, talked about on here and, and enjoy. Oh yeah, um, and that saison Brett the. The Brett is referring to Britannomyces, mm-hmm. which is uh, a bit, bit of a wild yeast strain. Um, it can give kind of a little funkiness, um, which you can get in this as well, which I, I didn't mention. Yeah. The, um, yeah. But uh, I think we'll go more into Brett in our in our follow-on. Yeah. Because uh, yeah. it, it'll be more uh, present. <laughs> so, so I think that that Boulevard Saison Brett, I think, if I had to pick one Saison that was my favorite, uh, that is probably pretty close to my favorite one there. So if anyone has a chance to try that one, uh, it's, it's really good. And I also really enjoy the tank seven farmhouse. Um, and of course, Saison DuPont is good, but you know, you you pay for it for that one, (laughs) but I, I really enjoy the two, um, the, the two from Boulevard. Those are really good. Uh, what's your favorite, John? Do you have a favorite saison that that if you that you just really enjoy? So saison is actually one that I uh, have not done enough justice to yet. Mm. Um, the tank seven would stand out for me. Uh, the saison Dupont I enjoy, um, but I, yeah, I haven't had a whole bunch of them. Um, mostly because when summer comes around, I tend to ramp up my. IPA consumption, <laughs> so oh, wow. I dive in for my hops um, and and parallels and stuff like that. So, uh, but I, I should uh, make a commitment um, one of these upcoming summers to just really focus on saisons. Yeah, so I, I yeah. think I'd be very pleasantly uh, not really surprised, but I, I'd find a lot of winners. Yeah, so. yeah, they're they're good, but like like you mentioned earlier, John, it's a wide range of what you're going to get. You can't. You can't look at a saison and see this name saison and expect that you're going to get the same beer that you had with another saison. That's that's the key is is there's a there's a wide breadth of of experience you're going to get. You got to find the ones you you like and and stick with it. And uh, but yeah, I I really enjoy saison and farmhouse sales. I try to pick up every new one I can find that comes through my area. And if I look through my untapped or my collection of bottles here, I could probably name off you know two dozen. 
ones I've had that were pretty good. But these are the ones that I listed here that I really enjoyed. Uh, probably at the top of my list of my enjoyment. So, all right. So uh, the next uh, beer that we'll talk about in the ales section is the Belgian Double, and uh, the Belgian Double is, uh, as the name states, it's a beer that that can, can call that can uh, can have up to twice the amount of grains that a a, a standard single ale you know would have uh, it doesn't necessarily have to be double but it can be up to there so it's going to have more grain bill and so what that means is as you have more grain you're going to have more sugars and in the more sugars you're going to have more alcohol that's how that works but the double is a little bit different because uh it uh well let's just talk about it a little bit it's a it's a darker colored amber ale and it's it's dark in color not because of the dark roasted malt that it's using but because of uh, some some dark candy sugar that it's using instead of the roasted malt to to help build up the some of that alcohol uh, co- uh, creation when it's when it's uh, being uh, fermented, uh, so the darker candy sugar provides aromas and it provides some flavors of burnt sugar, uh, you know, some darker fruits, some raisins, and and even some like char- chocolate caramel type uh, flavor so it can really have a, a, a wide breadth of, of different flavors you can get from from a double um, they also use a, a little bit lower amount of hops so it can leave a little bit of a, a sweeter flavor uh, from the malts but it doesn't mean that the beer is actually sweeter it just means that you can kind of have a hint of, of of the sweetness because as john mentioned most belgians are going to be on the drier side and they're going to have that extra yeast thrown in there for bottle conditioning, and it's going to eat up a lot of those sugars. So uh, it just the sweetness just comes across a little bit in flavor, but not not cloying as John would put or anything uh, bad. Uh, so uh, the doubles they have uh, quite a wide range of different flavors that you can get um, anywhere from uh, notes of herbs in in the the flavors to plums and bananas, some apples, some spice, some black pepper, and other earth earthy type qualities can be in there. So you have a, another wide range of different flavors. Uh, the uh, alcohol content ranges between six and seven and a half percent. And uh, I'll be honest with you, um, of the Belgian styles, I think doubles are my least favorite. And I think it's because of the the strange, you know, the, the sometimes a little bit, for me, a little bit harsh harsh flavors that come out in this. It's not as smooth as uh, as some of the other Belgian offerings. Now, what about you, John? Do you have experiences with doubles? And is it a style that you actually uh, enjoy or is it one that you just you can take or leave? I'm a fan of of doubles. Um, okay. Pretty much from here on out, uh, I'm a fan, and, and that may just be uh, all the alcohol. Alcohol, you know? yeah. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but yeah, I really enjoy these, and uh, so I'll give you some examples of things you can try. Um, the Chimay Red uh, is a good one. Uh, it's a pretty classic. Uh, Duval Meridsus Eight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I've had that <laughs> one. I can do with that one. Yeah, that that one was I, I a have little not, hard to drink. <laughs> yeah, the uh, West Flutternate, um, and a spoiler alert for our next uh, segment on, uh, of this uh, talk is Chimay and West Flutterin are both uh, Trappist breweries. 
So uh-huh. we'll dive deeper into that uh, next time. Um, but then some some U.S. examples: the New Belgium Abbey, mm-hmm. and again the Amagang Abbey. Yeah, uh, are both both examples, and uh, maybe a little easier to get your hands on. Yeah, and those so, are I think those are a little bit for me. Those are the two that are easier for me to drink. It's the actual ones from Belgium that are can really be. Uh, can kind of have a lot of flavors that kind of are really like in your, I mean, really pronounced flavors. So that, that makes me wonder if you just haven't been able to get your hands on very fresh examples. Cause it can take some time for those things to make their way over here. Okay. Um, so, uh, I'll, I'll it, keep it could trying be that, that, yeah, maybe you, uh, fresher examples more up your alley. Okay. Okay. So. Yeah. I can, I can definitely do that. For sure. So, John, you want to hit us with, with, I mean, I, one of my favorite styles, and I'm guessing one of your favorite styles. Sure. So, the triple, uh, one of which we'll be tasting tonight, uh, in a similar fashion to double. Um, it's more grain, up to up to three times the amount uh, as a standard ale, uh, which will again translate into more sugar and, and therefore more alcohol. Uh, the color is going to be uh, deep yellow to golden, and, which is in contrast to the double. It's going to be lighter. Mm-hmm. Um, and the in your aroma, spicy, floral, uh, perfumey, and, and maybe a little fruit, uh, orange or banana. Um, the flavor is going to be a little sweet, um, light, light malt, um, and uh, some more of that, more of that, those aromas are going to carry through. Um, a little bit of fruity, a uh, little, little spice maybe. Um, very low bitterness um, uh, in this beer, uh, which again will, will lend to that slight sweetness, but uh, it, it, this is also going to be a, a drier beer. It's going to be easier, easy to drink. It's not going to be cloying, um, anything like that. Uh, Hop flavor low, um, as we've seen across the board here, um, and you know just more of that spice and herb. Uh, ABV higher than the double, seven to ten percent, um, but shouldn't be very boozy uh, mm-hmm. at all. Yeah. Um, maybe a slight hint, but uh, it won't be anything that's off-putting or shouldn't be. Um, and a pretty light, light medium body, um, but uh, I think the lighter the better for me personally. Um, so uh, some of these to try, the uh, triple Carmelite, which we'll taste in a little bit and, and discuss. Uh, St. Bernardus triple. Mm-hmm. Good one. Uh, great brewery. I've been happy with pretty much everything I've had from them. Uh, the New Belgium triple. Uh, Victory Golden Monkey, mm-hmm. uh, which is another one that's pretty easy to get your hands on, I think. Um Anderson Valley, Brother David's Triple, Abbey Style that's, Ale. That's um, a good one. Yeah, I like that one. That one I haven't tried. Uh, it sounds like I need to go get my hands on it. I just I just had another uh, bottle this uh, just a month ago or so. I should have I should have put that on my note new and noteworthy if I didn't. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's good. I, I try to get it every so often, but uh, it, it, it depends on when I. It's only I think it's only offered like a short period, and if I don't get it. Uh, when it's there, then I miss out. But it's a good one. Right, I'll have to see if it's still around. And then uh, last but not least, uh, Sierra Nevada Ovia uh, Triple. Yeah, I, I get those every 
no matter if I've had it like ten times, I'll still buy those when it comes out. Those little uh, ten ounce bottles that are uh, they're pretty good. I like you like those uh, Ovila. Uh, I haven't had one in a while. Um, it's been a couple years, but uh, I don't remember being unsatisfied. Yeah, no, they're <laughs> they're good, and I uh, I really like the flavors in them. I think it's now. Can I? I don't want. I I don't think I can necessarily compare it to the Triple Carmelite or the the Saint Bernardus, but it's still a, a very good, uh, good beer of the style that is uh, is very tasty, and I really do enjoy it. So it's a, another one that I think that a lot of people across the the U.S. can get their hands on it to try a triple that's you know made in the U.S. because. The U.S. We have some great triples here too. Not only Belgium can make Belgian beers, we can. Uh, also make some pretty good ones. All right, excellent job. There's also a, a style we're not going to really talk about, or not a style, but a, well, I guess it's a style beer that we're not going to talk about because it's kind of uh, in a little gray area. Uh, they, you know, you have a few of these around, but it's just not a one that's. I don't know. We we can really talk about too much, but that's the the Belgian quad, and uh, it's just a, again, it's going to offer you more grains more alcohol is going to pump that alcohol level up even higher and uh but then as john mentioned to me uh, before the show that that tends to get into the next two styles that we're going to talk about that are more prominent so we'll kind of just go right from from the quad right into the belgian golden strong ale which uh is basically a strong ale that is just a Belgian, has the Belgian characteristics. And the coloring can range from anywhere from bright yellow to golden, but it's going to be lighter than the triple. So it's, it's not going to be, you know, it won't be as, uh, as, as dark, even though the triple is pretty light a lot of times. The flavor will also, it'll, be, it'll closely resemble a triple, but it'll be a little bit less grainy and a little, uh, uh, a little bit sweetness with a slighter higher bitterness to, than you would find with the triple. Uh, the hops, they can be herbal, they can be floral in aroma. Uh, there's also going to be some fruit and some spiciness, just like you have in, in the rest of the Belgian ales. And the alcohol can range anywhere from 7.5% to 10%. So it's really got some uh, some serious uh, alcohol in there. And with that alcohol, uh, you will get a little bit of booziness in it. Not overly booziness, but you can expect to have in some of these strong ales, you can expect to taste a little bit of booziness in the finish of the beer. And uh, just a couple that uh, to mention, uh, Duvel uh, is, is one from Belgium, the, the famous one. And, of course, uh, the Russian River Damnation, uh, another fantastic beer from Russian River that I drank um, a few months ago. I think I, I popped up my bottle that was uh, I was aging. I think I aged that one six to eight months. And uh, it's really great, another uh, fantastic uh, beer from Russian River and a great Belgian um, ale. Uh, yeah, I really enjoy uh, both of those beers, um, and I always like getting Duval just because of the the bottle. It's yeah, yeah, a, a little stubby Belgian that has a cool uh, aesthetic to it. Yeah, so yeah, and you can get the glass too to have the the right glass. <laughs> I don't know if it really matters, but <laughs> that's that's what I'll be drinking out of tonight. Oh, <laughs> nice, nice. I'm not so fancy as you. Okay. All right, John. That brings us to one of my favorite uh, styles, too. This is going on the extreme end of the Belgian 
in my you know in my opinion on the on the ales, and that's the Belgian Dark Strong Ale, which you and I actually brewed one when we were together, and we tasted it. You know, on our twenty first show, we were drinking it together. So, John, uh, what what is our beer all about? What, what kind of what can you expect <laughs> in this uh, in 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 a, in a loose cannon uh, Belgian uh, dark uh, strong dark or dark strong ale? Yeah, so th- this one is gonna uh, be a bit, a little bit of a departure from uh, the other Belgians. Uh, it- it's not really like a double. Uh, it does have a darker color, but this one will generally be even darker than that. Uh, a Belgian dark strong. Uh, it's got some dark roast malt for coloring and a little toasted flavor. Um, but the the aroma and, and the flavor is where it really kind of departs. Um, it- it's going to be really rich and sweet. Uh, toasted, bready, caramel. Um, you'll get a little bit of the peppery or herbal, um, but the the fruit for this is is not going to be the light citrus, banana type character. It's going to be real dark fruit: uh, prunes, raisins, mm-hmm. cherry, yeah. plum, fig, that that kind of thing. Um, and it it gives it uh, a really great depth, um, but it's going to make it uh, more sweet and malty than than the other uh, Belgians we, we've talked about. Um, and, and with that, that little sweetness, more sweetness is going to have really low bitterness, um, just enough to kind of take the edge off and not make it uh, a cloying uh, sweetness. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it, it, it can, the, the hops can still provide a little bit of spice and, and kind of complexity there. Um, but, uh, you know, even with all that stuff that I, that I listed it, a good example of this uh, style will kind of meld all that together and it's not going to be like all prune or all, you know, caramel, Mm -hmm. you know, it's going to have a nice little dance of those as, as you drink it. Um, and, and the alcohol is going to be, uh, similar to the, the golden strong up in the seven and a half to 10%, Mm -hmm. um, really strong. And, and you can have a little, a little bit alcohol booziness is okay, um, you know, but obviously not not overwhelming. Yeah. Um, and uh, so some examples. I know one of your favorites, the the Golden Drake. Yeah, I love that. Uh, which which was your inspiration for for doing the loose cannon? <laughs> um, the the Saint Bernardus uh, ABT twelve mm-hmm. um, is, is another one, and, and the Russian River Salvation. Yeah. Um, so all good beers. Yeah, those are good. Those are the ones that I have had that I really enjoyed. Uh, and what's interesting is they're all different. Uh, each one of those, even though they, they have characteristics that are similar to one another, they, they each beer is definitely independent of its own. And that's what I liked about listening to those three that I did because uh, they're, they're really good. They're really good. All right, so that brings us to the end of the part one of our topic on Belgian beers. Uh, for the next section we're going to do uh, coming either next episode or the episode after next, depending on if we have a guest on next episode, uh, we will talk about the uh, the Holy Ales, uh, the Abbey and Trappist-style ales, and also the Sour Ales, which are Lambics, Flanders Red, and Brown uh, on, on the sour side. So you have that to look forward to, even a few more styles that you can have in with Belgian influences. Okay, John, it is that time of the show where we 
can do our listener participation tasting notes. And we just happen to have our bottles of triple Carmelite ready. And I hope our listeners have their bottles ready. I, we, we should have mentioned at the beginning of the show that it's a good idea to let this thing sit out for a few minutes before you pop it open and, and drink it. It's a, little bit, it's a little bit better when it's a little bit warmer. So uh, if you didn't, it's okay. It'll still taste good. But, um, but yeah, let's go ahead and open this. And, and th- one thing we didn't mention, John mentioned that the bottles are usually thicker. Um, a lot of Belgian beers are also in cork and caged bottles so that, again, that fermentation, in case it gets a little crazy, uh, you know, the, the cage and the cork uh, it will help keep it from, you know, making making a mess. But now we're going to take our... I'm going to go ahead and try to pop this thing here on the camera without getting all over my keyboard. Woo! Holy smokes! Mm, was nice that, pop. Was that good? Yeah. <laughs> I, I've got the... Uh, I've got the Ooh, 20... Mine is foaming. <laughs> oh, is it? My, mine is not foaming, so I'm good. Oh, but mine's foaming when I pour it, though. Holy smokes, this thing is... Maybe we should have poured this. Uh, maybe we have to take a a time lapse thing to let the foam die down in our in our glasses. Oh my! I'm smelling a lot of. Uh, I'm actually getting. Uh, oh, I don't want to talk about it too soon, but. Oh wow! This is going to be. Uh, yeah. So, um, John, are you ready? Let's just go start talking about this because we, we're running a little long. Of course, you know that's normal for us. We try to keep it to an hour. That never that never happens. But we are drinking the Triple Carmelite. It the brewery is in Belgium, and it's the Brewerge Bastilles. And I don't know if I said that right. I'm not Belgian, so uh, I probably messed it up. And our style we're doing is the Belgian Triple. Uh, the alcohol by volume of this beer is 8.4 percent alcohol so it's a nice uh, a nice little kick to it and um, the container that I'm drinking from is a 750 milliliter that's a 25 ounce 25 point something ounce bottle uh, cork and cage but they do offer smaller bottles John I hear that you have a smaller bottle what size is that bottle that that they also service in yeah so I have a 330 milliliter oh. bottle uh, which is uh just under 12 ounces, 11.2. Okay. And this one has just a standard cap on it. Oh, so. no cork, huh? Yeah. You got robbed. <laughs> okay, so um, I'm pouring this into a tulip glass. John, what uh, what glass are you using for, for your pour? I have my Duval tulip glass. Okay. That I'm, I'm drinking out of. Okay. And... Uh, as you already said, you kind of had an explosion of uh, of foam. Was that when you opened the bottle? It came out of the top, or was it when you started pouring? Yeah, it started gushing. Okay, out the top here. Okay, so uh, as I was pouring, mine didn't gush out of the top, but uh, it definitely has a huge head on it. I've got my uh, I don't know what size glass this is. It's probably a fourteen ounce tulip glass, maybe. 16 ounce, I don't know, it's probably 14. Uh, half of it is foam <laughs> and half is beer. So uh, it's got, uh, if I look at the coloring, it's a nice, uh, it's kind of dark in my office right now, but it's a nice yellow 
color, maybe a maybe a going towards the color of straw with a ton of bubbles. Remember we mentioned bottle condition. Uh, this sucker is bubbling like a mother. Uh, how about you, John? What do you what do you got for coloring on your your beer? Yeah, yellow. Um, bu- yeah, a lot of bubbles. Uh, white head, um, and I, I have a slight, very slight haze in mind. I can still yeah. see my hand through the glass, but it's not uh, particularly clear. S- same thing here. I have the same thing. I have a little bit of haze, so it's not clear, but I can still see, you know, my hand behind it, and I can see the bubbles. What about the head? What's your head look like? Uh, mine actually fell pretty quickly, um, so maybe I didn't rinse this glass out too well last time I cleaned it. Um, but it it was very tall, um, white head with mostly fine bubbles, um, but a little mixed. Uh, but it's it's lacing on the side of the glass well right now. Okay, as good. I kind of move it around. Yeah, I uh, I have a big big giant. I I had like a three finger head. Um, it's still two and a half fingers right now. I'm getting more and more volume in here as I as it dies down a little bit. Uh, nice dense bubbles. Um, pretty pretty creamy. A, a really uh, kind of a a pretty white head. Is your head pretty white too? Is it, or I mean, mine's pretty white white. Not not off white. Yeah, yeah, white. Yeah, and uh, okay, so that's our that's our uh, our coloring. Uh, lacing is hard for me to tell because I haven't actually drank any, and my head's still pretty big. But I'll take your word that good lacing uh, on the side. So um, I'm gonna mention to everyone too. Normally, I will drink a beer before we do the tasting and write some notes down. Uh, I'm doing this uh, live with John. John is our, our expert beer tasting judge who can do this live. Uh, and not fail. I um, <laughs> we'll see how I do. I'm gonna try my best uh, and try not to steal all of John's thunder when he comes up with something. I'll try to come up with my own stuff too. But John, um, what do you smell when you take a big giant whiff of this uh, beer? So I get uh, some spicy character. I actually do get um, a bit of alcohol on the nose. Um, when I take a real big whiff, it can be if I if I inhale too deeply, it can be a little overwhelming, um, little burning in the nose. Okay, I I don't um, get any I don't get any burning. Well, you know what I maybe I do get a little burning. So that, you think that uh, I don't know, not too burning. Okay, what else do you smell in there? Uh, a little graininess, like a mm-hmm. like a bread or cracker in the back. How about you? Before I give away all the answers. <laughs> well, I um, there's something I'm trying to pinpoint. Uh, I I don't want to I, I don't want to say you know coriander or anything because I don't I mean, but it has that kind of a spicy uh, hint to it. I'm trying to pick up some of the, the grains. I don't necessarily get grains i think i get a little grassiness to it maybe uh it's tough though i'm having a tough time there there's some uh there's definitely not a typical uh you know it's got a belgian smell to it something you smell in a belgian beer not a typical american style ale right it definitely has some unique flavors maybe some uh 
some peppery stuff in there. Maybe that's what I'm smelling in the background. It's like some peppery, uh, or and some z- and I, and I do I don't get a burning in my nose. I do get a little bit of sensation in there uh, that reminds me maybe of some lemon zest or something. Some some you know how that you know how a citrus zest uh, peel stuff kind of gives you that that uh, tingling in your nose. Maybe that's what I'm. Uh, getting to yeah yeah I do get a little uh like a bright citrus kind of yeah, character yeah um and I wonder if I've been trying to single it out and I wonder if maybe the thing you're struggling to put your finger on is a little bit of an herbal yeah um that kind of grass herbal maybe yeah. a, a little flowery kind of note um yeah I, yeah I think I think yeah, that's I'm it I'm pinning it down but there's definitely something kind of fleeting in the very end mm-hmm. um. Yeah, I think I think it is grassy. I think it is on the herbal side, um, but hey, it's it's uh, it's pleasant. Uh, I'm not gonna say honestly. I'm not gonna say that the that the aroma on this is something that makes me just like, you know, shake and and fall to the ground from enjoyment. It's it's good. Uh, I, I don't. There's no negative things in it, but it's not something. I mean, I can get a super enjoyment out of having a nice uh, American IPA with a, a great dry hopping citrus nose in there. You know that if it's done right, I can just or you know what add blood orange to the aroma and I'll, I'll just go crazy. I love blood orange. Um, it's not like that, but it's still it's it's pleasant. It's not it's not uh, it's not bad by any means. All right, you ready to take a sip of this thing? I've already been cheating. What? <laughs> okay, hold on. Hmm. Hmm. Wow. This is really smooth. Okay, I'm gonna say the first thing I taste. I taste some lemon. <laughs> I taste lemon. First thing I taste is lemon. Not not uh, pungent lemon, but uh, like a sweet lemon. Like a okay, like a sweet lemon. Uh, what's your first thing you taste when you when you when you put this in your mouth? <laughs> um. Yeah, I, I get that. Um, it was a pleasant, like sweet fruitiness. Um, I I mm. could be swayed for a lemon or kind of orange character. It's not tart at all. No, no tart. Um, yeah, no tart. It's uh, and you know what? I, I figured out the the. Uh, it tastes like uh, bubba. It has bubble gum in it. Uh, yep. Um Like that uh, uh, that uh, yellow bubble gum. What's that yellow? Uh, gum, juicy fruit. Juicy fruit. It tastes like juicy fruit. That's the other flavor in there. Yeah, it, it's very, very smooth. Uh, it's got a lot of flavors going on. So I'm trying to to pick out some of those uh, flavors. Um, yeah, this definitely resides in more of the fruity camp and the flavor. I'm not really getting much spice at all um, to it. Uh, there's a very light bitterness uh, that kind of mm. keeps it uh, from being too sweet. Yeah. Um, um, but a yeah, uh, little, little bit of a, a bread, um, almost yeah. like it's almost like, uh, um, like a fruit spread on, on a, yeah, yeah. Piece of bread. Yeah. Like some fruit spread. Um, and when you were talking just now, I took another sip, um, pear, I taste some pear in there. Um, again, pear is one of those subtle 
fruits that doesn't have a lot of uh, flavor to it a lot of times, but it's got that subtleness to it. Maybe, again, that pear is mixing with that juicy fruit. I don't even know what juicy fruit flavor is, but it's kind of, you know, maybe it's blending into that type of uh, flavor. Uh, maybe some apples, too. Maybe, like you said, maybe a pear apple uh, fruit spread, uh, lightly, not too uh, sweet. It's uh, it's very good. Um, I do have a little peppery. I, I won't say spicy to it, I, I, but I do have a little bit of uh, peppery in the back of my throat. Um, do you get any of that? You don't get any of the of the peppery, like not right in the in back the of your tongue. Not in the back of your tongue at all. Okay, mm-hmm. okay. I get. I do get some peppery in in mine. I got the bigger bottle, so maybe you got more pepper in mine. Special edition. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, the body. Uh, what do you? What do you? I'm, I'm going to tell you what I think this body is. Hold on. Let me take another sip real quick. All right. Reacquaint yourself. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go. This this is a I'm gonna say it's a medium body, uh, medium to light body, but on the on the medium side, just because we're drinking it warmer, not not hot, but warmer. I think that the the beer in my mouth, the mouthfeel feels like it's a little bit heavier and gives me a little bit more body flavor. What is, what is your take on the body? So, yeah, I agree. I think it's a medium body, um, but I think the the high carbonation helps lighten it. Um, yeah. As as you drink it, uh, you can feel the the bubbles just popping all over your tongue. Mhm. Um when when you drink it, but yeah, a medium body with a with a high carbonation. Um I, I'll which, say which that overall more medium light feeling, I think. Yeah, yeah, medium light. That's. I think you're right. Um, I do, honestly, I don't taste any alcohol in it at all. There's like, I mean, it's it's it is so well balanced that uh, you can't taste that eight point four percent alcohol. Do you agree that that there's like, I mean, there's no hint of booziness. There's no feel of the of the alcohol. Yeah, I I don't get it. Um... In the in the flavor when I'm drinking it, but I do I do still get it in the aroma. In the aroma, huh? You still get the aroma. Yeah. I'm so. getting now. I'm getting definitely more. I just poured some more in my glass. Got another nice head up here. <laughs> ooh, and now I'm burping. Now that <laughs> ooh, dude, this thing That's is a like good one. man. Oh, wow. I'm sorry, sorry guys. This is uh, as John said, this is a carbonated beer. But you know what I'm getting? I am getting more. The, I'm definitely getting more grassy uh, aromas off of the head as uh, I pour that second glass. So, uh, okay. Um, how about the finish, John? Um, I mentioned in mine that I was getting at the finish. Um, in the back of my throat, I was getting a little peppery. But you're obviously not getting that. What are you getting in your finish? Yeah, the the flavor kind of carries through. um slight sweetness uh but it it doesn't really linger it kind of wipes away uh which is nice um it keeps it from being being cloying and and too much that i want to keep drinking you know yeah um but uh i wouldn't i wouldn't describe it as dry uh, no there's definitely sweetness to it but yeah. the the sweetness is not overbearing i, I agree i agree i think the 
I think the uh, I, I there is some there is a little bit of a maybe I'm wrong in this. Uh, I do get a little bit of a, a puckerness. Like not puck. I don't know. Uh, there is some dryness in it, but it's not overly dry. And I'm basing the dryness off of the fact that uh, you know my tongue. And maybe I'm wrong. You mentioned this before, and I forgot what you said. Sorry. But uh, in my tongue, in my mouth, it feels like it's uh, it's kind of uh, drying up or shriveling up or whatever. It's kind of withdrawing. Um, but the sweetness is there. A little slight sweetness, not cloying at all, not uh, distracting, not boozy. It doesn't give you any negative aspects to it. Uh, it just makes it very drinkable. And this beer yeah. is exactly what it is. It's so damn drinkable that... You just don't want to stop, you know, you, you'll drink, I'm almost, hell, I'm almost done with the whole bottle. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, we're just finishing up the review. That's, that's a lot of beer at a, at a, and that's, that's just a testament of how good this is. It's a easy drinking beer. Um, with that said, John, would you think that if a, a new person to craft beer were to try this beer, um, would you think that they would enjoy it, or do you think this would turn them off to uh, to craft beer? So I'm gonna I'm gonna hedge here a okay. little bit. Okay. Um, for people brand new to craft beer, I'd say no, um, not recommended. Mm-hmm. But for people brand new to Belgian beer, I would say yes. Um, if you're drinking craft beer and you want to start getting a feel for what Belgian beer is, I'd say absolutely this is a beer to try. Um, you know, really drinkable. I mentioned on the last show, this was kind of my gateway that finally mm-hmm. kind of opened up the world of Belgians to me. I'd had others in the past, but um, a friend Wes who listens and uh, we've talked about on the show is uh, recommend that I try this one, and, and I did, and that's what kind of finally opened the doors for me mm-hmm. uh, to, to really start experiencing the Belgian. So no for brand new to craft beer, but yes, if you want to start to explore Belgian beer. I, I agree with you. I think that this is a great entry into Belgian beers. I also um, provide this beer to my buddy, Sean, when he didn't like Belgian beers. And I said, oh, excuse me, I keep burping. I said, hey, try this beer. You won't be disappointed. And he really enjoyed the beer and now he's opened up to trying more belgian style ales that he he didn't like because there are some that are good and and i i agree with you i think that the the stuff the flavors that are going on in this um might be too much for a new person uh not that they're bad flavors but they are uh different than the traditional you know domestic offering beers that we have in the states and i think that uh so yeah a, a brand new person to to craft beer probably shouldn't try this as one of their first beers. I would wait until they got more experienced with some of the other styles. And then when they thought they were ready to go to the next level and try uh, a, a beer from over in Belgium, that this is, would be a great transition beer right into that. Cause it's, it is so smooth. All right. So we already mentioned glassware, uh, a tulip, tulip glass, right? Uh, that's, yeah. that's probably the best beer. It really, um, a tube of glass is perfect for getting all those aromas focused right into your nose. 
uh, you know, and, and I think that that's that's the beer, the glass that's just great because you really can take advantage of all the great subtle flavors and aromas that, that come out in that beer. Um, and uh, a rating, uh, not not including newbies, uh, but including anyone who you know you know experienced beer drinkers. How would you rate this beer, John? So uh, I would put this at the our memorable level. Um, I, I would tell people to try this beer. Um, I, I don't think I'd go as far as highly recommended getting on my soapbox and preaching about it, but uh, <laughs> I definitely would recommend it um, to, to my friends. So Okay. Can I put you on a spot and say, why wouldn't you get on a soapbox and recommend this to everyone? So I, I do, I do really enjoy this beer. Um, but I think it's more of a safe zone for Belgian. Like oh, it, okay. So it, it, it brings, um, a lot, a lot of those flavors we talked about to the table in a very palatable way. Um, but, uh, it doesn't, I, I don't know that it's the, the full package though. It doesn't bring as much of that, um, the spicy character, I think um, for a triple, it could be a little drier. Um, if if I'm starting to nitpick, you know, to to kind of sp- split hairs for for the ratings here. So I, I think there <laughs> are, there are things that I I would I would look for in maybe a perfect triple. Okay. If I'm gonna gonna go that way. So. Okay. I I can I I can uh, I I hey you made some good points. I can't uh, deny what you said. You're right. You, you made that's your what you think. I I am actually going to rate this uh, highly memorable. I will stand on my soapbox and I will preach <laughs> the goodness of this beer. Do you ever really get off it? I mean, that's uh, I'm always on a soapbox. You're right. <laughs> I, I I pull that soapbox out all the time, and uh, even when I'm on other other podcasts, I'll pull it out. Yeah, I'm I'm not shy. But this beer, even though you made some good valid points. <laughs> Oh my gosh! I keep burping, um, and and I guess I'm getting a little bit uh, tipsy because normally I wouldn't burp on the on the show. But hey, this is uh, the Belgian beer show, so we're gonna burp on it. But uh, what was I saying? The oh, that yeah, there's some triples that do um, show some of the other characteristics a little bit better. Um, and yeah, those. Th- I'd probably rate those highly memorable too. So I'm, I'm okay with having this one at the, at the top of my list, a five capper on untapped and, uh, and the best rating we have on tap to craft, because, uh, I don't, I don't think if someone bought this beer that they would be disappointed. So I'll give it a, a definitely highly recommended. What, what would Wes give it? You think, would he only give it a memorable or would he put it on highly recommended? Uh, I think he he may stick at memorable. Okay. Um, okay. So he he offered it to you because he knew that you weren't into Belgians and wanted to get you excited about him. Is that the the key? Yeah. I th- yeah. And <clears throat> of course, now that I said that, he'll contradict me just to you know bust my balls. But uh, <laughs> once he hears this, yeah. Um, but yeah, that that was the the thing. It was he viewed it as kind of a. a an entryway for me, a gateway okay. beer. So. Okay. All right. Well, 
Uh, I think that was a very memorable uh, listener tasting notes. I hope that all of our listeners who were brave enough to go out and find this beer, pay the money for it, because it's not a cheap beer, uh, and taste along with us. I hope that you were able to enjoy the beer and enjoy what John and I had to say about our tasting experience. I know it was probably a little bit more disjointed than normal because of my inexperience at live uh, beer tasting, but I think uh, I think you'll find something uh, useful for sure. All right, John, we are running long, so but I cannot. Uh, leave the show without having opportunity to raise our glass to some of our friends out there. So, John, who would you like to raise your glass to this episode? So, as always, we need to raise our glass to Robert uh, yes. at TPS Sponge on Twitter. He's always sending in the questions and, and chatting with us and uh, always uh, pushing the envelope a bit. And uh, he's uh, embarking on a new uh, journey with... Uh, video games which is uh another one of our uh hobbies and, mm-hmm. and passions as well um he's, he's starting um a beer fest and video games and he i think he's planning to do a number of different games throughout the summer uh getting together probably uh drinking and having a good time playing video games so uh, if you're interested uh start following him uh at tps sponge on twitter to, to get the info but he's kicking it off uh the this Friday. So if you're listening to this, the day it releases tomorrow, everyone is June 12. <laughs> um, cause you're, you're a good little listener. So you're going to do that. Um, but Friday, June 12th at, uh, 7 PM uh, Pacific time. He is hosting, uh, Minecraft beer fest on uh, PlayStation four. Um, uh, he's gonna. He's already been building the world. If you follow him, you'll see pictures. He's putting up some screenshots of, yeah. of what he's putting together, um, and uh, it'll be uh, in the world of Minecraft a full working uh, uh, beer fest. So, if you're interested and you want to jump in, um, follow him at TPS Sponge on Twitter and uh, or follow the hashtag uh, Minecraft Beer Fest uh, to, to get the info. And uh, he'll be he'll be supplying that, and it looks like it's going to be pretty cool. Yeah. So. Yeah. So uh, I don't actually own Minecraft, but uh, he checked it out, and it does do um, game sharing for Minecraft on a PS4. So I think I'm going to jump on with him on uh, Friday night, and he's going to sh- share his game with me. I've never done a game share before. I don't know if I have the internet to support it, but I'm going to try to jump on there on his account, on his game, and join in on the fun. I know, John, you'll be in San Diego for Beer Week, or Homebrew Conference. Yeah, I'll be traveling, unfortunately. So you won't be able to join us. But hey, I will represent the Tap to Craft crew on the very first uh, Beer Fest video game. Drinking. Yeah, bring a beer, bring the game, have fun. We'll just chat and have a good time. Just just, uh, fun times on a PS4. All right. Anything else, John? That that that's your uh, that covers it for me. Okay. Excellent. Well, I also just want to thank uh, Robert for all of his interactions over the last few weeks. I really enjoy uh, everything that you bring to us and all our interactions. I am looking forward to our uh, our little uh, beer fest in Minecraft. Um, just be warned, 
that I don't actually have never played Minecraft, so I'm a super noob. Um, so don't yell at me. I just want to come and drink beer and chat with you guys. Hey, it's just like Legos and beer. You'll be fine. Yeah, yeah, I do that. <laughs> uh, I also want to raise my glass to our buddy Bill Vlashammer, uh from the Open Forum Radio podcast. Uh, you know, he really enjoyed our last episode with the Memorial Day special, and he hit us up on Twitter. Um, and I really, uh, you know, appreciate all the the support that he gave us. And also, he shouted us out on Open Forum Radio on their their last podcast, which is nice. I always like to have those little plugs for for Tap the Craft. So thank you, Bill. Also, uh, Nathan from the uh, That's Entertaining podcast. Uh, he can be found on Twitter at Sith Nightmare. And uh, it's it's nice. He also likes Belgian L's, and he's kind of you know helped us uh, kind of spear this Belgian style L talk because uh, he and I were discussing Belgian L's uh, on Twitter, which is fun. So you guys can join along with us and talk to us on Twitter too, just by following our our Twitter handles and or or tap the craft at tap the craft. Uh, so I just want to give a, a shout out to him that I've been listening to his podcast. And I really uh, kind of enjoy it. Uh, That's Entertaining Podcast is a is kind of a another geek uh, entertainment podcast, and he covers uh, the last couple episodes I listened to. He's been covering the Jurassic Park series. Uh, he's done the last the three movies that were made, getting ready for the movie that's coming out this Friday, uh, the Jurassic World or whatever it's called, the the second Jurassic World. And uh, they do a really good job of breaking down the movie and just talking about uh, stuff. And I just wanted to, to shout, raise my glass to him and shout him out. Uh, I'm enjoying what he does, and he's a fellow craft beer drinker. So, hey, we got to support our craft beer guys. And uh, David, Yojimbo2000, how could I forget uh, David? Uh, again, lots of interaction, lots of articles, lots of cool things. Um, I really enjoy all your support, David. Thank you. And our, I already mentioned Jason Lacey uh, from the Flexipose podcast. I raise my glass to you. Uh, I know you've been going through a hard time this last couple of weeks with some some uh, issues with your being ill and your car. And I hope that everything comes into a nice, smooth landing for you and it, and it all comes together. And I think that's all I had. Uh, oh, wait. I can't forget all of our military men and women out there protecting our freedoms, our United States freedoms. I just want to raise my glass to you. I want to thank you for all you've done and all that you're doing for John and I and for you guys out there so that we can enjoy this great hobby and be able to bring you this entertainment uh, with our free speech. Without the military protecting our freedoms, we wouldn't be doing this right now. So I raise my glass to them. And, of course... Hey, I have to thank Open Forum Radio Network for supporting the show and for providing the hosting space at openforumradio.com. Now, if you would like to contact the show, you can reach us through email at tapthecraft at gmail.com or you can follow us on Twitter at tapthecraft or leave comments on our show post on openforumradio.com or on Google+. Plus. Just search for tapthecraft. And you can follow me personally on Twitter, Instagram, and Untapped at Loose Screw, and on Google Plus at Denny Loose. And John, if listeners want to follow you, how can they do that? On Twitter at Prime Brewing or Untapped at Prime W A. And uh, someday I'll tell you about the blog again when I write there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, it's last call. 
and it's time to bring the show to a close. Just want to thank you all for downloading and listening to our show, and we hope that you are able to find at least one thing useful. And we welcome you to subscribe to this show on iTunes or Stitcher Radio. And just as a reminder, we release a new show every two weeks. And that's it for this episode. Now remember, friends don't let friends drink light yellow fizzy beer. Quality craft beer can be enjoyed by all. So spread the word and convert the beer ignorant. Hey, it's Shayward from Hope Inform Radio here. I want to go ahead and take a second to say thank you for checking out this episode of Tap the Craft. And I would like to encourage each of you to check out some of the other shows that we have here on the Open Forum Radio Podcast Network. Uh, we'll start it off with the original Open Forum Radio, The 40 Cast, Prove Your Point, Geeks for the Win, I Recommend, My Peanut Gallery, The Married Gamers, Some Other Castle, Gamer Husbands Radio, The OMG Hour, Gamers Unscripted, Just Press Start, Platform Junkies, and Jobbers on the Mic. Hey, be cool. Give a great review to all the shows you like on iTunes, Podbay, Stitcher, everywhere you can give reviews. Review every show five times, and you are officially a good listener. Also, go ahead and visit openforumradio.com, links to all the different shows. Uh, like the Open Forum Radio Facebook page, and... Uh, Take a second, if you like playing games online and with people and are cool, to uh, go ahead and look at Zabari's Gamer Information Spreadsheet. Fully useful information that will do nothing but enhance your online gaming experience. Alright folks, take it easy. Have a good day.